book of Matthew chapter 5. We are going to be looking at something from the greatest sermon that was ever preached. The greatest sermon that was ever preached is the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7. This was a message that Jesus himself preached. A total of 111 verses with a lot of insights. I believe he was teaching people how to live as it were under the new dispensation of what we call the New Testament. So we are going to be reading from verses 1 and to verse 3 only with special emphasis on verse 3. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 1. And seeing the multitude, he went up into the mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. By the grace of God, for a few minutes, I'll be speaking on the subject an important condition for God's blessings. An important condition for God's blessings. This condition is often overlooked, but it's so vital and so crucial and very significant if you want to be a receiver of God's blessings. Shall we pray? Precious Father, thank you for the opportunity we have to come into your presence. Lord, as we wait, speak to us in a way that we will be able to comprehend the length and the breadth and the height and the width of your knowledge. And our prayer is that your word and your spirit will have a free course among us. And at the end of the day, we shall be doers of the things that we learn and receive and hear and see and not just hear us only. Thank you. We give you the glory and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. An important condition for God's blessings. One of the common greetings that we Christians often greet each other with is God bless you. I mean, it's a very common greeting. Uh, God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, bro. God bless you, sis. Uh, that's by the fact that it's a very common blessing among believers. I believe that most of us have not stopped to think deeply about what the phrase bless you actually means. We say it often, but I do not think we have looked closely or examined it deeply to understand what that phrase, bless, means. The word bless in the Bible, both in the Greek and the Hebrew language, is a word with many meanings. But there are quite a number of uh, meanings to the word bless you. So the word bless means the word happy. So when someone says, God bless you, what you are doing is that you are wishing that person happiness. The word bless also means to be made large. To be made large. So when you say, God bless you, what you are saying is that you are wishing that person will be made large by God. Will be made large by God. When you also say, bless you, that word bless you also means to give more life to. When you say God bless you, 
what you are saying is, may God give you more life, more life. You know, John 10, 10 said, the thief comes not but to steal and kill and destroy. I am come that you may have life. So when you say, God bless you, you are wishing that person will receive a fresh supply of that element called life. John chapter 1 verse 4, it says, For in him is life, and that life has become the light of man. Psalm 36 verse 9 says, For with thee, O God, is the fountain of life, and in thy light shall we see light. So when you say, God bless you, what you are saying is, may God give you, as it were, more life. The word bless you also mean um, to experience the warmth of God's good pleasure. When you say God bless you, what you are doing is that you are wishing that person will experience the warmth of the good pleasure of God. Not the wrath of God, not the anger of God, but the warmth of the good pleasure of God. That is what you are saying when you say God bless you. You are saying may you experience the warmth of God's good pleasure. When you say God bless you, you are also saying may the Lord empower you to prosper. The word bless means to be empowered to prosper. What do you mean by when you say empowered to prosper? When you say God bless you, what you actually mean is may God give you power, the power of his help. May the Lord help you. Psalm 108 verse 12 says, give us help, O Lord, from trouble. For vain is the help of man. So when you are saying God bless you, you are wishing that person will receive God's help. So when you say God bless you, God bless you. This is a terminology many of us have used over the years, but you don't actually understand most of the time what you are saying. When we say God bless you, let me give you two more here. It means I wish that God will make you experience his fortune. When you say God bless you, what you are saying is that I wish that you will be fortunate. To be fortunate means to experience fortune, to experience breakthroughs, to experience divine provision in, a, in quantums, in abundance. That is what it means when you say God bless you. It's a terminology we have used for years. You and I use it. We use it with those we know. We use it with those we don't know. Even when people sneeze, it's a bless you, you know. You know, it's like a religious slogan and a religious slang, but it's not a slogan as far as the word of God is concerned. It's not a slang as far as the word of God is concerned. It's an expression of a wish that you have for somebody with reference to God's intervention in their lives. And when you say God bless you, another thing you mean is that you say, may God connect you with his resources. May God connect you with his resources. So the next time when you greet somebody and you say, God bless you, what you are saying that I wish that God will connect you with his resources. So in the scripture that we just read, especially verse 3, um, where Jesus talked about you are blessed, if you do this, it refers to all and more of the above. Because if you read that scripture in Matthew chapter 5, and you read from verse 3 down, verse 3 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are they that mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are they which do hunger, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure, 
blessed are the peacemakers. What Jesus was saying is this. Everyone who does the thing that comes after the word blessed. Everyone who does those things. Jesus was saying one of your experiences will be that you will experience his blessings. That is why I'm speaking on an important condition for greater blessings. I mean for God's blessings. An important condition. What is a condition? A condition can be defined as something that is required for the existence, the performance, and the completion of something. Because when Jesus said, bless is the making heart, for they shall see God. Bless are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Which means for the blessings to happen, those things that are described after the blessings must take place in our lives. Now, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, above everything, God our Father wants us blessed in our relationship. He wants us blessed in our vocation. He wants you blessed in your studies, in your health. He wants you blessed in your finances. He wants you blessed in all places. He wants you blessed in everything as it were that you do. He wants you to experience what Abraham experienced in Genesis 24 verse 1. The Bible said that it came to pass that Abraham became very old and was stricken in age and God had blessed him in all things. That is God's heart desire for us. That you and I be blessed. But you see there is an important thing and that is you need to know the condition. Because you see that in that verse is when it says blessed. He was saying this is what I wish you but there is a condition after and that's what I want to deal with this morning. I want to take one of the conditions and I want to examine it I want to explain it. I want to break it down so that you can understand what is expected of you. Many times, you and I expect many things from God, but we really never bother about whether he expects anything from us. And most of the time, the reason why the things we expect from God do not happen is because the things that he expects from us do not take place. These are his wishes. He said blessed, which means that is what he wishes for us. That is what he desires for us. That is what he has commanded for us. That is what he has planned for us. That is what he has provided for us. But the condition is what follows after. And that is the way in which I want to do deal with it today. And also as the apostolic oversight over this church, I want you blessed much more than you can ask or think. And that is why I am uh, taking great interest in teaching this subject. Throughout this month, I'm taking some time to teach you on how you need to fulfill these conditions so that you can receive the blessings of God. Most time, when it comes to blessings, our not receiving God's blessing is not God's fault. It's never God's fault. It's not because the devil has suddenly become more powerful. It's not because probably you have not prayed long and well enough. It's not probably because you have not fasted long enough. It is simply because you and I have not met the condition. God said this to me yesterday. He said, as much as I desire and I long to bless my people, many times they are not blessable. Many times they are not blessable. They, are not, they have not put themselves in a situation and a condition where they can be blessed in the way that I desire, in the way that I long for, in the way that I plan to bless them. The big question this morning is, Am I blessable? Do I or have I fulfilled the condition that can bring the blessing that God has already provided? 
The Bible says in Luke chapter 14 verse 17, it says, come for all things are now ready. In Luke 15, 31, it says, all that is mine is thine. First Corinthians 3, 21, it said, all things are yours. It simply means that the provision has been made. And so if you do not come to claim it, it's not because there are no provisions made already, but because you just did not do what you are expected to do. The Bible said in Psalm 68, 19, blessed be God who has blessed us. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly praise in Christ. I mean, uh, that is Ephesians 1, 3, rather. Ephesians 1, 3 says, blessed be God who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly praise in Christ. While Psalm 68, verse 19 says, God daily loaded us with benefits. But because what we did is on the earth, but has been provided for in heaven, it is your meeting the condition on earth that causes it to come down from heaven. James chapter 1 verse 17. He said every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and come down. Come down. Come down. Come down from where? From the reservoir. From the reservoir that is already made in heaven. So there is nothing in terms of being blessed. In terms of being fortunate. In terms of receiving the warmth of his pleasure. In terms of being empowered to prosper. That has not been provided for. If for any reason you don't experience it. It's not because there's no provision for it. It's because you simply, as it were, have not made the condition. So this morning we want to look at an important condition to be blessed. We shall be focusing on the first six words in Matthew chapter 5 verse 3. Look at it again. The first six words in Matthew 5 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That is what we are going to look at. Blessed are the poor in in spirit. Now, when you look at that phrase, I know many people here, probably over 90% don't even know what it means to be poor in the spirit. So I will explain it. Because unless you know what something means, you wouldn't know whether you've met the condition or not. The way the King James have written it is such that it makes it a little bit obscure. It makes it a little bit lost. Blessed, of course, I need to be blessed. But it says the poor in spirit. So who are the people that are poor in spirit? How can I get myself to that level where I can say I am poor in spirit? What are the evidences of being poor in spirit? What are the expressions of being poor in the spirit? What does it mean as it were to be poor in spirit? Please note that scripture did not say blessed are the poor. It didn't say blessed are the poor. It said blessed are the poor in spirit. If he had said blessed are the poor, then he would have been talking about physical poverty. But that's not what he's talking about. If he had said blessed are the poor, he would have been talking about economic poverty. But that's not what he's talking about. If he had said blessed are the poor, he would have been talking about material poverty. But that's not what he's talking about. He said blessed are the poor in spirit. So what is he talking about? He's talking about spiritual poverty. Being poor in spirit is, is, is being poor in spirit is talking about an attitude. Being poor in spirit is a definition not of a state, but an attitude. If he had said blessed are the poor, that would have been talking about somebody's state. Because poverty, physical poverty, financial poverty, economic poverty, material poverty is a state. But when he said blessed are the poor in spirit, he is talking about an attitude. 
in order for us to understand the meaning of this verse, what I have done is to get so many other translations of this verse. About four or so translations so that you can have an idea of what it means to be poor in spirit. And know whether you are poor in spirit. The New Living Translation of that verse says it like this. It says, God blesses those who realize their need for him. So those who are poor in spirit can be defined as those who realize their need for him. Let me say this to you. Many Christians can tell you in their, in their mind. They can tell you by their mouth, oh, I need God, oh. But you see, the attitude does not portray it. Someone who said they need God comes late to church. Someone who says, well, I need God, does not pay his tithe. Someone who says, I need God, is not obedient. So to be poor in spirit means to realize your need for God and for your attitude to reflect that understanding that you realize your need for God. When you tell some people fast, they say, they're telling you, I need God, oh, I need a husband, I need a wife, I need healing, I need deliverance. But you see, when you tell them to fast, because the word of God recommends that it should be done, they wouldn't do it. Which means, in an intellectual way, they realize their need for God, but in an experiential way, they are not manifesting it. So when you say someone is poor in spirit, it means that person has realized their need for God. God's word translation says, God blesses those who recognize they are spiritually helpless. Those who realize they are spiritually helpless. Those are the poor in spirit. Those who realize that they are helpless without God. Those who realize they are sunk without God. Jesus said it in John 15 verse 5. He said, without me, you can do nothing. Not only can we do nothing, we are nothing without him. Whatever you and I are is because of him. So, anyone who is spiritually poor who says, I'm poor in spirit, will be someone who has come to a realization that without God, they are nobody. The common English translation says it like this. God blesses those who depend only on him. Some people trust in uncles. Some people trust in chariots. Some in horses. He said, blessed are they who depend only. When I look at some people, I, I always ask myself, what do they depend on? I ask myself as a human being, what do you depend on? At times, I've, I've looked at some people, I mean young men and women, and some families, and I always ask myself, what do they depend on? Some of them, it probably is on their job, and your job is nothing. Your job can be lost. To look at some people, I ask myself, what do they depend on? Because man without God is nothing. When he formed man out of the dust of the earth, Genesis 2-7, man was just dust. Then he breathed into man, and man became a living soul. Common English says, God blesses those who depend only. Only. Not mixed with other gods. Someone who has come to realization that it's only God. The New Century Version translation says, God blesses those who know they have great spiritual needs. Now let me say this to you. Most of the time, what people think they have need are physical needs. But most physical needs are a creation of spiritual lack. 
every lack in the physical has its root in a spiritual lack. The things that we see, we are made from things that do not appear. When your spiritual life comes into place, your physical life also comes into place. There is no way you can correct people's physical life without first of all dealing with the root problem with their spiritual lives. Oh, somebody said, whenever I go for interview, I don't get job. Whenever, uh, whenever I go for, uh, I've not gotten married and so on and so forth. The root of it is spiritual. It is first of all spiritual before it's physical. Now this scripture says, New Century Version says, God blesses those who know they have great spiritual need. From the above, it is clear that to be poor in spirit is to accept as it were that we are inadequate to live our lives without God. The people who are poor in spirit are people who have come to accept that they are inadequate and they cannot live their lives without God. Until you come to that realization and your attitude and your character reflect that realization, you can be blessed yet. When people live their life in such a... I always look at some students. When it's time for exam, they stay away from church. When it's time for exam, they don't read the Bible anymore. They don't pray anymore. When it's time for exam, they stop serving. Then I ask myself, what are they depending on to pass their exams? Because Paul can plant, Apollo can water. Only God gives the increase. I've been a lecturer before for so many years. And I know at times I'm just marking a script of a student. And I'm just angry. And instead of giving them 10, I give them 2. He just makes a statement and everything puts me off. What means there are some other things that produce success more than your presentation. But there are some people, I remember one time I did an exam when I was doing my master's degree in the University of Medical Sociology. I did an exam. Out of 5 questions, they say we should answer 5. I finished answering the 5, I drew a line and answered the 6th one. When I came out of the exam, I discovered that I uh, question number five, I, I completely missed it completely. It was, my answer was wrong. And so when I came out and I saw it, I said, wow. I said, God, you are the one who make blind eyes to see, make seeing eyes blind. Let that man never mark question number five. So when the results came out, <laughs> I, and I scored that I scored a very high mark. So I went to the lecturer, I said, ah, sir. He said, that was a very good performance. He said, I mark question number one. I marked question number two. Number three, you did well. He said, by the time I got to question number four, I just knew that you had done well, so I did not even read question number five. <laughs> now, what I'm saying is this. I came to the point where I realized that I needed something more. At times, some people are so confident in what they have written. They are so confident in the business they do that they don't need God. They are so confident in the school they go and the job they do that they don't need God. And most of the time, later, you discover they are not blessed. Why they are not they're blessed? Because they are not poor in spirit. Because the Bible says, blessed are the poor in spirit. You have to be poor in spirit. And to be poor in spirit means to come to the realization that you are not adequate, your life is not adequate without God. To be poor in spirit, which is the first condition for God's blessing on our lives, we have got to depend on him and trust him. That is what it means to be poor in spirit. When you trust him and depend on him only. To be poor in spirit means I humbly depend on God instead of myself. Because I know that I'm inadequate. All of the problems we face in life can be handled if we depend on God. Except the Lord build a house. 
They labor in vain that build it. Psalm 127 verse 1. Except the Lord watch over the city. The watchman wicked but in vain. Many things you and I put confidence in will fail us. The arm of flesh will fail. The arm of flesh have always been known to fail. So if we indeed want God's blessing on all we are and do, we need to humbly depend on God instead of ourselves and it must show in our attitude. In our attitude. We are not serious enough for God to show we depend on God. If you show, if your, if your future and life depends on something, there must be an attitudinal orientation that shows it so clearly. The way some people live is that they have an alternative to God. They have substitute to God. They have something apart from God. They have something that they trust and put their confidence in apart from God. When in the final analysis, he said, without me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. We are not just, we can do nothing because we are nothing on our own. There is no me without him. That is what it means to be poor in spirit. When absolutely, no matter what you do, no matter in what area, no matter at whatever time of your life, there is the total, absolute dependence on God. That is what it means to be poor in spirit. So in the next few minutes, I want to deal with how do I, how do I show or express my dependence on God? How do I express my dependence of God? In what way and by what means can I, can I show that I depend on God? It's one thing to say, I, I depend on God. Ah, God is what we trust. God is what I wait for. But it has to be expressed. It is not just something you talk about. It's something that has to be seen. Your life so shine. Your attitude, remember? Being poor in spirit is not a state. It's an attitude. It talks about an attitudinal orientation. It talks about a bodily posture. It talks about the way you carry yourself, the way you present yourself that shows you depend on God. You go for a whole week. You don't even pray more than five minutes every day. How can you say you depend on God? When God's word says we should always pray, give us this day our daily bread. You go for a whole month, you don't even know where your Bible is anymore. Except when you go to church and you say you depend on God. Now if you depend so much on your car, will you not take care of your car? Will you not give more attention to your car? Will you not give your car a particular percentage of your income? Because you depend on it to take you from A to B. I remember the woman recently in Canada was telling me this. She said, I depend so much on my car, but I don't want to spend on it. I said, then you don't depend on it. If you depend on your car, you will spend on it. Because if you don't spend on it, the car will not do what you want him to do. So if you depend on God and you are not ready by your attitude to show you depend on God, then there will be nothing. And that's one of the problems we are facing in the body of Christ. There are many Christians who want quick fixes. That's why they go to all those all-night programs. They look for a prophet to tell them things about themselves that they already, they already know. I went to one program in Ivory Coast. And when I was there in Abidjan, there was this prophet that came from, 
that came from, what, what was it? It came from uh, DRC, Democratic Republic of Congo. And was busy seeing vision for people. So I went and stood on the line. When I got to him, he said, no, it's not for people like you. Please leave the line. You are telling me what I already know about myself. You are telling me my name. I know my name. You are telling me my mother's name. I know my mother's name. Now, of what importance is that to my life? What change has that brought to my life? We submit ourselves to charismatic witches. In this way, because we don't just want to do the right thing. You don't just want to do the right thing. You don't just want to meet the condition. The conditions must be met if the results must be gotten. There is no way you can get the con- you can get the results if you don't meet the condition. You have to report at the right time to the exam hall and answer all the questions and submit your paper if you are going to have to get a result. There are conditions to meet. And this is what Jesus was here talking about. This was the first message he ever preached. The Bible said he opened his mouth when he saw that everybody was listening and then he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who trust me and who depend on me. So, quickly for a few minutes, I'll just give you five of them. Number one, five ways to express my dependence on God. If you want God's blessings, you need to depend on God's wisdom, not yours. You will need to depend on God's wisdom, not yours. We need to do this to be blessed by God. To depend on God's wisdom means to listen to what God has to say, to follow what God says to do, and to do what he says. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 13. He says, happy is the man that findeth wisdom. And happy is the man that getteth understanding. You will have to rest on his wisdom. Not your wisdom. Wisdom is important. The Bible says in Proverbs 4, 5. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Proverbs 4, 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. But what wisdom is he talking about? The wisdom of God, not my wisdom. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 7, 11, wisdom is good with an inheritance. And by it, those who they see the sun will experience good. Ecclesiastes 7, 12, he said money is a defense. He said wisdom is also a defense. We need to order our lives with wisdom. Proverbs 19, verse 8. He said, whosoever findeth wisdom loveth his own soul. Ecclesiastes 8, 16, wisdom is, Ecclesiastes 9, 16, wisdom is better than strength. Ecclesiastes 9, 18, wisdom is better than weapons of war. We need wisdom. You need to absolutely depend on God's wisdom. I do not know what to do. I do not know where to go. I do not know who to walk with. I do not know what to choose. Psalm 25 verse 12. He that fear the Lord, him shall God teach in what way to choose. Most of the time, people expect God's blessings despite the fact that they are using their own wisdom. You need to use God's wisdom to govern your relationship with other people. You need to use God's wisdom to govern your decision with reference to your business. You need to use God's wisdom even your academics. The Bible said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask. So, the first thing that will ensure you are blessed is that you are going to have to depend on God's insight. I like this verse of scripture, Proverbs 14, verse, uh, Proverbs 14, verse 12. 
and Proverbs 16, 25. He said, there is a way that seems right unto a man. You know, many of us, you remember in time past, probably some of us, I have also been there before. When you think something is okay, it seems right. A business deal is right. A marriage proposal is right. A ministry decision is right. That is my own wisdom. It seems right unto a man. He said, but the ends of it are the ways of death. If you are going to be blessed by God, you are going to have to pray by his own wisdom, not yours. If you are going to have to go and buy things in the market, you are going to have to praise by God's wisdom. If you are going to build a house, you are going to have to pray by God's wisdom. By wisdom, a house is built. By understanding is established. And through knowledge, the chambers of that house are filled with precious and pleasant things. This is Proverbs 24, verse 3 and 4. Then verse 5 said, a wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. So it's important for you to understand that's the first thing. For you and I to be blessed, we need to depend on God's wisdom, not ours. Because there's a way that seems right. So you can't trust your feelings. You can't trust your thoughts. Or you can't even trust what everybody's telling you. In order to have fewer mistakes, fewer dead ends, you need to show you depend on God. Unless, oh God, you say it, I will not do it. Unless you tell me to leave this country, I will not leave. The reason why I'm in this town is not because this is the best of cities for me to stay. But so many years ago, I asked God, where do you want me to be? He said, stay here. That is God's wisdom. For me to use my wisdom, of course, I've been to over 122 countries. And there's no country I want to stay in that I don't know how to stay there. But why am I here? I could have long moved to Lagos. I could have moved to Abuja. Why am I here? God's wisdom. And that is the secret of my blessing. I'm poor in spirit. I didn't bring myself to this world. I didn't choose to come to this world. It was not my parents who chose to come to this world. It was God's idea. Everything was God's idea. My being in this time is God's idea. Very many, in the early days of my Christian life, I asked myself, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? What, what is there here? You know, I've known some people who left this town and destroyed their lives. Some people left and destroyed their marriages. Some people left and destroyed their health. Someone said, do I have to be here? You don't have to be. But what is God's wisdom telling you? What is God's wisdom telling you? Most of the time, you don't order our lives with his wisdom. And that is the reason for some of the problem. How do you get wisdom? Two ways. One, by reading the word of God. Two, by praying. When you read the word of God, God talks to you. When you pray, you talk to God. That is how wisdom comes. Through God's word, wisdom comes. He opens your eyes to behold wondrous things. And when you speak to him in prayer, he speaks back to you. That is how wisdom comes. Very many years ago, I told God, I said, where do you want me to stay? What do you want me to do? Who do you want me to be with? I remember so many years ago when people were getting cars, car loan in Kwarapoli. I asked God, because it is my right does not mean I have to get it. Because I can get it does not mean I have to get it. There are many things I can do, but I do not do. Why? Because God's wisdom tells me not to do it. I remember in those days, everybody was getting a car loan, 4,800. For those who are on level 0 to 7, or level 3 to 7 or something. 
And those who are on level 8 and above, they were giving us 6,600. And everybody rushed for it, even including some of my friends who are Christians. But I didn't. I didn't. Someone said, why? I was reading the Bible one day, just waiting on the Lord. And God's word said to me in Proverbs 22 verse 7, the rich ruler over the poor, the borrower is the servant to the lender. Stand fast therefore in the liberty we are in Christ and set you free and be not entangled. If I had gotten that loan when I left Kuala Polytechnic to go into full-time ministry, I wouldn't have been able to leave. Because the loan will have held me bondage. It's not everything that you can do or that is available for you to do that you do. That is, you are poor in spirit. He that feared the Lord, him shall God teach you what way to choose. I'm going to use his wisdom to guide my life. Psalm 47 verse 4. He said he will choose our inheritance for us. That is guiding your life with wisdom. Number two. If you want God's blessings, you are going to have to depend on God's strength, not yours. God's strength. One thing that we all need is that we need strength. We need power. We need energy. The Bible said in 1 Samuel 2, 9, by strength, nobody shall prevail. Psalm 27 verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 46 verse 1, Psalm 81 verse 1 says, the Lord our God is our refuge and strength. Is our refuge and strength. Some people ask me, where do you get this strength and energy from? You see, let me say this to you. My strength and my energy does not come from sleeping or resting. My strength and energy comes from God. There is no way, humanly speaking, that the level of energy that I use can come from human resources. No, it can't. Nobody, based on human energy, can work hard the way I work. You can't and still be healthy and still be strong and still be virile. Some people always tell me, rest, rest, rest. I always say thank you. I will. But that is not the source of my life. Romans chapter 8 verse 11. If the spirit of him that raised up just right from the dead dwelleth in you, that same spirit will quicken your mortal flesh. The poor in spirit does not depend on their wisdom. The poor in spirit does not depend on their energy. I remember the scripture that I have used over the years in my 30 something years of Christian experience. Psalm 71 verse 16. I love that scripture. In King James it says, I will go in the strength of the Lord. I like one transition that says, I walk in the strength of the Lord. I walk in the strength of the Lord. I walk in the strength of the Lord. That is what I walk in. The older I get, some people say, won't you slow down? No, I can't. The source of my power is not my age. The source of my power is God. He is a supplier. He is a source of my power. He is the strength of my life. So what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is very simple. If you want God's blessings, you need to operate in God's strength. God's strength is inexhaustible. God's strength is infinite. God's strength is not ordinary. You can always claim God's strength. Even if you are faint in the natural, God is able to quicken you up. He's able to galvanize you with fresh energy. Listen to this scripture. Isaiah 40 verse 29. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increases strength. 
Isaiah 40, that one day that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You, can you see that? It did not say those who sleep. Someone said, well, you need energy, so begin to do exercise. Of course, I do physical exercise, but the exercise that really gives me strength is a spiritual exercise. Because the source of my strength is not physical exercise. The source of my strength is spiritual exercise. If your energy, if your strength is from God, then you must be doing what they call godly exercise. Godly exercise profited little. But exercise yourself rather to godliness. You see, unless you exercise yourself to godliness, you cannot be spiritually fit. To be physically fit is something. To be spiritually fit is another. For you as a child of God, the strength of your life is in your spirit. The power in your body must be a product of the power in your spirit. The arm of flesh will fail. We went to a particular conference and they were young people, young people. And they were so tired at the end of the day. And I, I was, they were not preaching, they were listening to messages and I was the one preaching. I preached three sessions. And one of them came to me after the second session and said, ah. he said, I don't understand you, sir. I said, what do you want to understand? He said, even those of us who are listening to you are tired. And you who is preaching, you are not tired. I said, of course, they the wait upon the Lord. To be spiritual, to be poor in spirit means you don't depend on human wisdom. You don't depend on natural source of energy. You don't depend on glucose boast. There are some of these sugary drinks now that is killing so many people. They call them energy drink. Red Bull. Monster. They call something monster. Do you know the number on monster? Those three figures in green actually means 666. And the advertisement says unleashing the beast. It's a satanic agenda. And you're there drinking. I need Red Bull. We were in a place and someone was just drinking Red Bull. Red Bull. Red Bull. While we were sitting there about two hours, he was fast asleep. Those of us who did not even drink any red or brown bull who are up and rise. Some trusting chariots, some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. I will walk in your power. I will walk in the strength of the Lord. I always say that every time. I'm going to walk in the strength of the Lord. I'm going to walk in the strength of the Lord. I'm walking in the strength of the Lord. The Lord God is the strength of my life. The energy behind. That is the secret of strength. That is the secret of freshness. It's not all the eating and all the resting. I'm not saying you should not eat and rest. It's not all the rest more. I always laugh because people don't know where my energy comes from. That's what we say. When you say someone is blessed, it means you are empowered. Empowered by what? God's strength. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. It not say be strong in the gym. We are Christians. Be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his mind. Quickly because of time. Number three, to be blessed by God. The first one I need not to walk in my own wisdom, but in God's wisdom. I don't need to operate in my strength, but in God's strength. Number three, to be blessed by God, I will need to depend on God's timing, not my timing. God's timing, not my timing. Timing is so important in every area of life. The Bible is very clear about the fact that there are seasons in our lives. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. 
when it comes to being blessed, you must learn about the secret of waiting. Because everything is not best every time. You must learn the secret of waiting. If you are going to be blessed, you are going to have to wait. Abraham had to wait. Joseph had to wait. Daniel had to wait. I had to wait. Human nature is such that we want to get everything very quickly in our own time. Our culture in the world today is, a, is, is the culture of fast, fast. You meet a sister today you have never known before in three months you are married. Say, it's a miracle. It's a serious miracle. I say, okay. Okay. You see, let me say this to you. You need to know that to everything there is a time. And when you are dealing with God, if you are going to be blessed, some blessings will never come until the time of it arrives. Joseph had to wait. Psalm 105 verse 19. Psalm 102 verse 13. That shall arise and have favor upon Zion for the time to favor her. Every time is not the right time. Ecclesiastes 3.11. He has made all things beautiful in his time. There are some things, the time of which has not come. You need to learn how to wait. I'm going to make four statements in the next few minutes and I want you to have this at the back of your mind. If you are going to be blessed by God, you can operate in your own wisdom. If you are going to be blessed by God, you can operate in your own power, in your own strength. If you are going to be blessed by God, you will have to depend on God's timing. Not my timing. There are certain things, the time of which has not come. But many people are in a hurry. And let me say this to you. Until the time appointed comes, nothing will happen. There is nothing you can do to make something happen before the time appointed. Young ministers are in a hurry. I want to start ministry. I want to start church. Young men are in a hurry. I want to marry. I want to have money. When you are dealing with God, you want to be blessed? You have to be poor in spirit. Which means you have to depend on God's time. Where I am today was not a place I reached overnight. There is a season of waiting. But when you are waiting, please know this. God is working. People think, oh, when I'm waiting, God is not working. No, he's working. Isaiah 30, 18. It says, blessed are they, blessed are they that wait. God has put blessing in waiting. Isaiah 64, verse 4. I had not seen here, not had not that even into the hearts of men, the thing that God had reserved for those who wait. For those who wait. Not for those who are in a hurry. Psalm 16 verse 4. He said, their sorrows shall be multiplied. Who hasten after another God? When you are dealing with God, there is a waiting to do. That is God's wisdom. There is a waiting. There is a time. God has set everything in its own time. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3, 11, he said, in his time, he makes all things beautiful. I've been to places before, ministries, inauguration, houses are built, and I just knew that the problem with that house is that the time to build it had not come. Listen to me. I'm going to give you four statements in the next few minutes, but let me say one more word here. Isaiah 60, verse 22, the Bible says, the King James says, God will hasten it in his time. 
God did not ask you and I to be in haste. He said he's the one who is supposed to hasten it. But it's going to be in his time. I like one translation of that verse. He said when it is time, I will make these things happen quickly. God said when it is time, I will make these things happen quickly. But before it is time, it will never happen. You can fast as much as you do. You see, it's people who are fasting. People think fasting and prayer is to turn God's hand by force and make him do something that the time of it has not yet come. That's what people have idea. It's like they're fasting to force God. Save for me. Save for me. Save. He is willing already. But whatever he wants to do when the time has not yet come, Nothing can make him do it. Go on 40 day marathon. Die while you are fasting. When the time for breakthrough has not come, when the time to come out of prison for Daniel, I mean for, for Joseph had not yet come, he had to stay in prison. Let me say four things here because I need to tie up this message in no time. Number one, still on that point, number three, God always gives his best to those who wait. If you get into a hurry, you are going to settle for second best in your life. He always gives his best to those who are ready to wait. If you get in a hurry, you get second best. But people are ready to live with second best. But I'm not. I want the best. I'm not going to settle for less. Something that looks like it, smells like it, appears like it. No. I want the best. The best of relationships, the best of jobs, the best of houses. That's what I want. Number two statement I want to make is this. Before the best comes, Satan will offer you many alternatives. Before the best comes. On the way to your best, Satan will offer you alternatives. I remember several years ago in this church, 1984, I knelt down. There was a house fellowship in my house. That was how this ministry started. And I pray to God, give me a Mercedes 200, Mercedes 200 car, oh God. Give me a Mercedes 200 car, oh God. Then we started this ministry in, 19, in 1987. But there were people who had in the house, village was in my house. I remember some people came to me, I saw one of them recently when I went to England. I remember one of them came to me one time. That was in the early days, 1987, December, into 1988, December. He said, he said, sir, he, he, he was a bank manager. He was a bank manager then. He said, sir, he said, he said, all these Mercedes Benz you are waiting for, we can arrange a soft loan through my bank. Then the church or you will arrange to pay back. I said, no loan is soft. There's no loan that you will arrange that will not have to pay back with interest. You know, I was not, I was not depending as it were, you know. I wanted God's time. That's what I want. I don't want anything that the time of it has not yet come. I don't want. I don't want to drive a car when I, the time for me to drive a car has not come. That's how some people go and borrow other people's car, have accident with it, and then sorrow upon sorrow. I remember the Inquirapoli. One man just bought his B2. One week, somebody said, borrow me. Went to the market in Pata. Went into the market. By the time he came, the B2 was gone. He said, ah, where is it? He was looking for it. Where it can be found. No need for that. I never drove anybody's car when I did not have a car. No need. No need. 
So what am I saying to you? When the time for something is yet to come, Satan will give you authority. So I told that man that, I said, no, I don't want. Then 1989, a group of concerned church members came. They said, sir, we are concerned about this parent van you are driving. Even if you are not concerned. They say one of us just imported a Pojo. Pojo 2.0. Pojo 2.0. Mercedes 200. They are the same. Ah. I said for you and to you it's the same. I said but for me Pojo is from France. Mercedes is from Germany. What I want is Mercedes. Satan we give you detours. We give you alternatives. We give you something else that look like it. Smell like it. Appear like it. If you don't settle for God's timing, the best blessings will never come. So you must come to that. That's poor in spirit. Poor in spirit. Someone say, well, I'm going to wait for God's time. Like the English man says, God's time is the best. But many times Christians will get in a hurry. We complicate our lives. The girl gets in a hurry to marry. The man gets in a hurry to make money. The man gets in a hurry to travel overseas. And you see, in the, in the host of being in a hurry, many painful mistakes and expensive brothers are committed. Proverbs 19 verse 2. It said that a soul should be without knowledge is not good. He that hasteth with his feet sinneth. Can you imagine? He said if you are hasting with your feet, you are sinning. Can you imagine the sin many people have committed when they do not settle for God's timing but their time? They want it in their own time. The clock of your life is not warned by you. You didn't wind it. So you don't know whether you are in 10 o'clock or 1 o'clock or 3 o'clock. It was warned by God. God was the one who warned the clock of your life. Not you. You didn't send yourself here on a mission. Live for purpose and not for your dreams. Say, I have a dream. I have a dream. I don't have no dream, baby. I have a purpose. And that is what I live for. Once I realized my purpose, my life became very safe, very secure in God's hands. He's in his hands. Number three statement I want to make. It says this, God gives the best to those who leave the choice to him. God gives the best to those who leave the choice to him. Why don't you allow him to choose? Let him choose where you will stay. Let him choose who you will be with. Let him choose what you are going to do. Let him choose for you. You are not wise enough. Listen to this scripture. God gave us the power to choose, but he still wants us to hand it over to him. Deuteronomy 13, 19. He said, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. I said before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Then what did he say? He now advised us, choose life. He said, I gave you the choice. But I'm ready to help you. He that feared the Lord, him shall God teach in what to choose. Even when you have the right to make your choice, don't be stupid enough to make your choice without him. I was telling a young man recently. I said when people grow up, young boys and girls, when they grow up, they now become wiser than their parents. The Bible did not say I become wiser than my parents. It said I become wiser than my teachers, not my parents. 
You can be wiser than your teacher, but not your parents. I was telling this boy, I said, it was your father who decided that he wanted to have a baby to start with. It was your father who decided the school you went to, primary school. He decided the secondary school you went to. He decided the university you went to. He decided the house you are going to live in. He was one who chose the cloth you are going to be wearing. Suddenly the man is no longer accurate in his decision. God the Father has made several choices for us. Why can't he do the remaining? Why is it that suddenly you know everything? You're taking your life into your hands and begin to operate everything the way you want to? It's my life! It's not yours. It was given to you on loan. You will give it back. The Bible said your body will go to the dust and the spirit will return to God. Who did what? Who gave it? Who gave it? We begin to live life like that. One more point here. Oh dear, I have so many things in my spirit. Number fourth thing I want to make. If you get frantic and nervous and into a hurry trying to answer your own prayers, you will make bad mistakes. If you get frantic and nervous and into a hurry trying to answer your own prayer, you will make a bad mistake. That was what Abraham did. You want to answer your own prayers? You get frantic. You want to answer your own prayer. You pray to God, but you want to answer it. I pray to God for a husband, but I want to answer it by going around and semi naked. Is that what it is? Do you think you have eyes to see? You, don't, you can look at Oko now. The same Oko can become Oko. In future, it's only God who can see the end from the beginning. If you become frantic and you are in a hurry, you're ready to lose whatever you think you've gained. In one more, I mean, point number four. To be blessed by God, I need to depend on God's defense, not mine. You need to depend on God's defense. There will always be people in our lives who will misunderstand us. There will be people around us who will not like us. There will be people in our lives and around us who will criticize us, who will judge us, who will attack us, who will gossip and spread rumor about us. No matter who you are, even if you are perfect like Jesus, there will be people who hate you without a reason. It is very important for you to know if you are going to be blessed by God, if God is going to bless you, <laughs> you have to depend on God's defense. You have to allow God to defend you. The Bible says it in Job 22-25. It said, the Almighty shall be my defense. Psalm 50 verse 8. He is near that justifies me. Now let me say this to you. If you are going to be effective, the more effective you are in life, the more you are going to be attacked. We need to learn to lean on God for our defense. I have discovered this. You can never, never choose what people will say about you or do to you. But you can choose what your response will be.
If you want to be blessed, poor in spirit. I don't have energy of my own. I cannot argue my own case. I can't. I can't prove to someone that my intentions are right. When they ask Jesus, they lied, they lied. They say, okay, answer. What did he do? The more quiet you are and allow God to answer, the more like Jesus you are. I've stopped responding to every criticism. I've stopped responding to all accusations. There was a time in this church, one woman in this church years ago, he said the way Reverend Jock is traveling overseas, it must be that he's doing something apart from preaching the gospel. Now, where is the woman now? And I'm still here. I'm still relevant. I'm still, I'm still fruitful. I didn't even answer. Some people come to me with stupid questions. And they say, they say, they say, leave them, let them say, for every idle word that man will speak, they will give an account. He is near that justifies me. He's near. Read Isaiah 50, verse 8, down to 11. Do you understand? If you are going to be blessed, leave your defense in God's hands. People are going to mess you up. Talk about you. Say all manner of things. Psalm 7, verse 10. He said, the Lord God is my defense. Can you defend yourself? Nobody can defend you better than God. Stop fighting. I told a woman, and the, the mother-in-law, you are a witch, you are this, you are that. She came to me and told me, I said, you can't prove to her that you are not a witch. Can you? She will not believe you. She was arguing with the woman, I'm not a witch. I've never been a witch. And I said, oh, I did you. I did you. And the woman held this thing for 10 years. 10 years. Until a day she had stroke. And God told her, call your daughter-in-law to pray for you. God told her, I will, you will never be healed unless that girl pray for you. Because this has fallen on you because of accusations that have no room. Oh, the God that manifests vengeance, arise. Do not avenge yourself. Rather give place to wrath. This is the secret of being blessed. If you are going to be blessed, be poor in spirit. I don't have energy. I don't have the ability to publicize anything. But I know as the Lord of heaven on earth, the God who knows the heart of man, the God who knows heaven and earth, when I deliver some people to God, I see what God has done. I won't prove my case. Years ago, in this church, a woman accused me that I was embezzling God's money. When she was saying that, the pants that I was wearing to service that morning had holes. That day I prayed one prayer. I said, God, make me richer than this church. That's all. If I'm richer than the church, how can I embezzle their money? That was the prayer I prayed. I said, God, prove, prove, prove. That I am not what she says. He's there for everybody to see now. He's there. If you are going to be blessed, leave your defense in God's hand. He will make a good case. God is a defense attorney. He knows how to say to everybody. He knows. Forget it. In your place of work. 
The more you are quiet in the face of criticism and attack, the more you are giving God the glory to show himself strong. He will set you this course. Vengeance is my recompense. Don't not get involved. Don't get involved in those things. Don't get involved. Don't get involved. <laughs> Don't get involved. What am I saying? To be blessed by God, depend on God's defense. The Bible said in Psalm 59 verse 9, Psalm 59 verse 17, Psalm 62 verse 2, he said, God is my defense. God is my defense. Let God arise. And let his enemies be scattered. That was the way Jesus walked. First Peter 2.23 He said when he was reviled, he did not revile. When he suffered, he threatened not. Some of us begin to threaten. Threaten. I will show you I'm a man of God. Whether I say it or not, you'll soon see. I will show you. What? Don't me about that salmon. Hey. I go before deep waters run still. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3 9, do not railing for railing, shouting for shouting, but rather render blessing. For we have all been called to inherit a blessing. That is an important thing. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Someone who is poor in spirit, a smoking flax will he not quench. Someone who is poor in spirit, he has a soft voice. A soft tongue breaketh the bones. Someone who is poor in spirit, he's not agitated. He's not fighting. At times we fight for what God was supposed to fight for. God, we, God told Israel, he says, just stand by and see the salvation of God. The enemies you see today, you will see them again. In my place of work, when I was in Guanapoli, they know me. I tell they say, this is reverend, we are going to deal with you. I won't say anything. This is reverend, we are going to, this is what we are going to do. We are going to report you to. One day, the HOD came to me and said, why is it that you are not always talking? I said, because God is talking. Let me give you this testimony in Offa here. We are going to rent a house. We are going to rent an auditorium. And this auditorium happened to be owned by a man who used to live in Ivory Coast. And there was this man who did not want us to rent this auditorium. So he went and poisoned the mind of the man who owned the auditorium. That he should not rent it to us. He said, ah, so the man refused to rent the auditorium to us. So when they came and told me that the man has uh, refused to rent the auditorium because so and so person poisoned his mind, I sent them. I said, "Go and greet the man." I said, "Just tell him that." I say, "Hello from here." Two weeks later, I was traveling from Ofa to Kaduna here. This is a historical fact. While he was inside the Pojo 504, he was sitting in the middle. Some people were sitting in front. Some people were sitting at the back. All of a sudden, in the middle of the journey, somebody just gave him a slap. He, bow! he looked around. Inside the car, 
From here to Kaduna, he received three dirty slaps. Immediately he came back from Kaduna. On the way back to Kaduna, he received two. Not three this time. Immediately he came back. It was the man's place. Lift up your hand and say, my defense is of God. Say it one more to say, my defense is of God. Say it properly, my defense is of God. Finally, my time is over here. If you want to be blessed, you have to be poor in spirit. To be poor in spirit, you will not depend on your wealth, but God's wealth. You are being poor in spirit when you depend on God's wealth, not yours, for safety and security. For your future, for your safety, for your security, for your children and your children's children, depend on God's wealth, not yours. Some years ago in this country, MKO, Mashud, Kashimawo, Olambi Wonu, Abiola. MKO in those days, they used to call it Money Kudi Owo. I remember one time some people were saying, ah, Agbana, which means uh, the devourer can enter. He said, this was boasting, that if Agbana enter into his money, Agbana will eat enough and Agbana will now become rich too. Today, how many of those things that he had then are anywhere now as I'm speaking? I know how money can come and money goes. The Bible says don't put your mind on money. Proverbs 23 verse 5. Money has ability to develop wings and fly away as a bird to heaven. Don't let, do not depend on the investments you have made. I have made quite a lot of investments in several countries in the world. Do not depend on your bank account. My bank account is not weak. Do not depend on your job. You can lose your job. Let me say this to you. The only thing that is worth depending on is what cannot be taken away from you and that's God. My God shall supply your need according to his riches and glory. Let me say this to you. Your job is not your source. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I hope some people will understand what I'm saying. He said, my source of livelihood. Psalm 81 verse 10. I am the Lord that brought you out of Egypt. Open your mouth. I will feel it. The poor in spirit says, I have nothing of my own. Your job is just a source. If you are in a house and a particular tap does not give you water anymore, God can open another tap. He take away the first that he may establish the second. The way some people walk is like their life depends on the work. Your life does not depend on that work. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. The poor in spirit says, 
I have nothing. Let me say this to you. The people who are really wealthy are the people who God is their source. Any source of wealth that can terminate, that can be taken away, that someone can cancel, do not depend on it. Behave. To look at the way some people work, it's like if they leave the bank and come to midweek fellowship, the bank will close down. I was telling a bank teller recently, as even your MD is a pastor of a church, you are under the bank teller. As an ordinary bank teller, oh, tell it, but one man to go share bank. Even your MD is a pastor of a church. The poor in spirit says, I depend on God totally. There are some things I can buy, but at times I just say, God, please give it to me. Why? I want him to know that he's my source. Recently, I wanted to buy something and I said, why should I buy it? I said, God, give it to me. Someone just came two days later and said, uh, the Lord said I should give you this. Exactly what I asked for. Whether I work or I don't work, it does not stop supply. My God shall supply. The word supply, there is the word plero in the Greek, which means to pour out. My God shall supply your need. The reason why many people have barely enough is because it's not from God, it's from man. Let me say this to you. No man will give you anything more than what he has. It's only God who can give you more than what any man has. The best any man can give you is less than what he has. Blessed are the poor in spirit. God said, as you tell you this, my final statement here. You focus more on what you can do for yourself. That is why you are having to do it. You focus more on what you can get yourself. That is why I've left you to get most of it. If you focus more on me, you will begin to live a different life. Stand on your feet. Let's bless God. Thank you, Father. We praise your name. We glorify you. We exalt you. Thank you. Lift up your hands and bless God for a few minutes. And just let him know how much you appreciate him. Let him know how much how much you appreciate him. Let him know how much you say, I'm going to depend on you, Lord. You're going to have to meet my need. I want to trust you. I want to trust you. I want to trust you. Trust in the Lord. Come on, put it back on him right now. God says, I should tell you this. Put it back on him. Put it back on him. Tell God, I've taken this thing out of my hands. I've passed it back to you. I put it back on you, God. I want to trust you to do it for me. Go ahead. Make that commitment. Hand it over to him. Make that commitment. Give it over to him. Make that commitment. Let him have it. I can't hear you praying. I can't hear you praying. can't hear you praying. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. The prayer of the righteous is delight. Give it over to him. Thank you, Holy Father. Praise your name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We worship you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We exalt you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We adore you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We extol you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Tell him, I am poor in spirit from now. There is no personal agenda. I know before you formed me, you knew me. Before you brought me forth, there is an agenda for my life. All I'm asking is let that agenda unfold. Let that agenda play out. Let that agenda unfold. Come on. 
Let that agenda unfold, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let that agenda unfold. Let that agenda play out. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Bow your head.